Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Endries, hosting alongside uh, the two guys in my family in this league. Nick, welcome to the show. Mike, welcome to the show. Always fun to have two of you on together for this this little trio roundtable episode. I feel like we do this every year. How you guys doing? Not too bad. How are you? Doing all right. Feeling my my spirits are lifted a little bit after my first two and a week since I think week two. Nick, how about you? How you doing? Doing great. Enjoying yeah, you're, it. You're sitting up there at first place. Um, yep. We're gonna get right into it because I think that this is gonna be a little bit of a longer episode. Whoa, 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 wait! I know we typically start the podcast off with the biggest upset. Let me just say, soft matchup, soft matchup, still one. The soft matchup still won. Was that a quote on the podcast last week or something? I never caught that. It was. It was repeated a few times. Did you put that up on the bulletin board? No, but I remembered it. (laughs) Anyway, Nate, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That's all right. Uh, Actually, I'm glad that you brought up the uh, best matchup, biggest upset. Because we're actually going to change things up this week. We are not going to be doing uh, some of the segments that you guys typically hear every week. Just figured we would shake it up a little bit. So let's go ahead and jump into it. We are going to keep a few of the things that we do every week the same, starting with the top six standings update. So we have a new number one this week. Uh, No surprise if you've been around the league for a couple years. You're used to hearing Nick's name at the top of the standings. He is now claimed for the first time, I think, this year, Nick. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe out of week one. I don't, I don't know if you're number one. No, I but think this is the first time. Macho Man Randy Savage with a 10-2 record is in sole possession by record of first place. Second place, also a sole possession place winner, or I should say standings position, is the ex- excellence of execution, Sean B., with a 9-3 and record. And... uh even still in third place, we have somebody with a unique record, eight and four, Scott, the ultimate warrior. But that is where the unique records stop. We have a three-way tie for fourth place. So our fourth through sixth place teams are in order. The great colleague, Kyron, who has 881.58 points scored. Right behind him is Mike with the same record, seven and five. But Mike has 831.84 points scored, so 50 less. And then trailing them in the sixth and final playoff spot as of th- as of today is Sean C., the voice of the voiceless. He has 798.74 points scored. So all in all, the difference between those three guys from fourth place to sixth place, even though they all have the same record, is about 83-ish points between Kyron and Sean C. So again, uh, we kind of see that Certain teams, even if they get a little bit unlucky or if or if teams that are trailing them are getting a little bit lucky and maybe feel like they we feel like certain teams are not are not as deserving of a winning record. It does. Uh, I would say that the points for never lie. Uh, and I'm and I'm feeling some type of way being right on the heels of Nick as the second highest scorer in the league, but sitting with a five and seven record at eighth place. So. We'll see if I can climb my way up there and, and kind of start chipping away with not only record, but points for with such a high points total. Fellas, let's get into an exciting part of every week's podcast, which is talking about the trades that have happened over the past week. 
the first of which I think generated a lot of, a lot of buzz, rightfully so. Uh, Sean C gave up Corey Davis, and Eddie gave in return Keenan Allen. Uh, Mike, we'll let you lead off. What do you think of what do you think about this trade? This one for one. Uh, well, you know, to be completely honest, I wasn't really sure why I did that. You know, I I I, I do understand that Keenan Allen has been hurt for more or less the whole year. I think he played what week one and he's been out for the whole time. Uh, but the same point, Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert, that's a really good combo. And Eddie, I'm sorry. I think this was just a, a panic trade. You know, you just wanted to fill somebody in, get the points. But Keenan Allen for Corey Davis, <laughs> I just I really don't know what to say about that, honestly. I mean, and this this is gonna segue into um our next well next segment or maybe the following one i'm not 100 sure but i'll talk more about why maybe eddie is so involved with core davis but at the same point boo nick what do you think about this one i don't think there's much to say other than it was a pretty bad trade uh i mean keenan allen hasn't played a full game this whole year and he still has more value than Corey Davis. I'd say a lot more. Uh, I'd say this is not even in the ballpark of being an even trade. Uh, if I was Sean, I, I would be in shock and disbelief if I had that in my inbox and click and accept as soon as I could, which I'm sure he did, because it sounds like Eddie's the one that sent it over. Um, but yeah, I don't really know the understanding of why the trade was even sent over in the first place. Yeah, so I have thoughts from... from a- two different perspectives. One being that Eddie mentioned that he meant to cancel this offer after the 24-hour processing window had passed, i.e. before the deadline of when the game would start the next day, which tells me that Sean received this offer well before he accepted it. So I hope, Sean, if you're listening, that you just happened to not see this offer until the moment that you accepted it and didn't actually contemplate whether this was a good trader offer or not, because then I would have a little bit less confidence in you as a manager. Um, I would say on the other end, the, the other kind of nuanced perspective that I have is I think Eddie understands that this was a bad trade. Maybe he caught wind just by public reaction, but I would like to think that Eddie is smart enough to know that this was a bad trade even before anybody reacted to it. However, I don't give him a pass recognizing that it was a bad trade right away and saying oh it was a mistake because we have recently talked about there's a few managers that we play with in a lot of different leagues across multiple fantasy sports and we noticed the same group of managers of that group making the playoffs year in and year out league in and league out and the same group of managers missing the playoffs year in year out league in league out this is the kind of move that a manager that consistently misses playoffs, or I'm sorry, a, a manager that consistently makes playoffs would not allow themselves to make even by accident. Um, I know that there's some guys in this league that get up at 3.30 in the morning to make sure that they don't burn a claim, but they get first priority on the guys that they want to add without using a claim. 
I'm not necessarily saying that everybody has to hold them th themselves to that high of a standard, but you certainly can't make colossal mistakes like this and expect to consistently have fantasy success. Uh, so that's kind of two ways that I'm looking at this trade, but we'll move on because we have a few more deals to get through. The next of which was probably the biggest trade of the week. Mike, you gave up Jacoby Brissett, Josh Jacobs, and Amari Cooper. And in return, you got from Sean Boatwright, Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Nick, what do you think about this trade? Uh, I thought it was fair, like fair value. Um, you know, Mike mentioned we were talking on the side before the, before the pod about getting a, a bump at quarterback, getting a better quarterback in Kirk Cousins and Jacoby Brissett. Then also getting the big name, the deal, Nick Chubb. I think you have to be pretty excited getting a guy like that. Um, and then getting Juju, you know, after his best week, though I'm not sure how much Juju would be a factor, you know, heading forward into the season. But I also don't like Sean's return. Or not, don't like, I also don't mind Sean's return, getting Jacoby Percet, knowing that uh, Deshaun Watson will soon be coming back, uh, you know, by the end of the regular season for fantasy and then heading into the playoffs, which right now he's sitting pretty nice at grabbing a playoff spot. Then Josh Jacobs, you know, Josh Jacobs, I didn't really know what to think about him, but he seems to kind of be the real deal in a way of being a solid RB2 play. And Amari Cooper has been proven doubters wrong, having uh, Jacoby Brissett at quarterback as far as having doubts of whether he'd produce or not. And I think he's remained steady as a wide receiver too. So, you know, it's pretty good value. Uh, I definitely don't mind the Brissett for now. I mean, I don't think he's too far of a knock down from Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is just kind of a steady, safe floor play with not huge upside, where Jacoby Brissett has a lower floor um, and probably same or a little bit lower upside than Kirk Cousins. But then you got Deshaun Watson, which I already mentioned coming back, which who knows what he'll be. He hasn't played football in a while, but he definitely has a high ceiling of that quarterback group. So taking a gamble of, you know, waiting out for Deshaun Watson could really make or break kind of this trade if it's kind of just remains steady even value or if Deshaun Watson really tips the scales so I think this will be interesting to see how it plays out yeah I mean this is definitely an even trade in my opinion Mike is getting upgrades at quarterback and running back although uh, I think that you stated pretty well that the upgrades are not as big as surface level I guess would imply or you might think off of your first gut reaction I actually think that the biggest upgrade to be had in this deal is Amari Cooper over Juju Smith-Schuster because I personally would not feel comfortable starting Juju Smith-Schuster on a week-to-week -week basis I would really probably just want to use him as maybe a bi-week fill-in and even then he's not somebody I'm getting excited about slotting in my lineup as a bi-week replacement just because of the boomer bust nature and really really not even a boom nature this year, I think he's kind of had to catch touchdown passes if he wanted if he's wanted to have a, a pretty decent game. So, you know, Nick, Nick Chubb, he was the number one running back. He, I think he's not anymore after Austin Eckler, the game that he had last night. But basically all season before last night, Nick Chubb was the number one running back. So you're always happy if you can get the number one running back in the league in return in a trade. But, Mike, I do think that you paid uh, fair market value. You didn't necessarily get a discount or a steal or go death by volume to bring in the stud. I definitely think that you gave up very good players to get him. 
what were your what were your thoughts on approaching this deal? Yeah, I mean, I I I totally see where everybody's getting at, and I agree with both of you. I think uh, Nick really nailed it on the in the head with just how the trade's going to go. Um, Nick, you mentioned the word safe. I think that's what made me want to do this trade more. And I'm talking about Kirk Cousins, that is. Um, my my whole quarterback room was shaky at best. Uh, you know, considering that I traded for Tua, you know, we're going to see where uh, – well, I mean, if he's going to be the same Tua that he was for the first three to four weeks. And then Jacoby said, yes, he's been serviceable. You know, he's I've been starting him in a few leagues. I think Kirk Cousins is a bona fide plug and play, unless you are blessed with two really good quarterbacks. Uh, Kirk Cousins is always going to be a starting quarterback regardless. So that's kind of like what I was looking for at the same point. And then Nick Chubb versus Josh Jacobs. It's splitting hairs at that point, but I respect Jacobs, or excuse me, uh, Chubb's. What's the word I'm looking for? I'll strain my thought. His I think he has a safe, very high floor, Nick Chubb. He's arguably right. like well, the best runner in the NFL. It's just his reputation, you know. He's he's always going to give you a thousand yards plus more. He's probably going to end up around like eight to ten touchdowns. But he's starting to get more and more catches at the same point. So I just long long term, I like Chubb a little bit more. And then Juju to Amari, yes, I do agree that Amari is the better wide receiver, fantasy-wise. But Juju is serviceable enough that he's going to get you his floor, meaning like five points. But I think we saw a ceiling last week. So if there's one position on my team, and we're, we're counting, there's no bye weeks, nothing. He's the one guy that's like, eh, we'll see what happens. And that's fine. But I think personally, I got two upgrades and positions that are very important quarterback and running back, that is. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, like you mentioned, um, Nick, that it'll be interesting to see how this trade goes for the rest of the year. Nick, I don't know if you mentioned, I'm sure you did, but I might have missed it because I was sending out the message that Scott is exercising his dibs on Taylor Heineke. But, Mike, it is interesting, one one piece of this trade to point out that I think gets neglected far too often in, in trades that happen at this point in the season. You just ate the bye for Josh Jacobs last week, and mm-hmm. you just traded for Kirk Cousins, who is on bye this week. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs is the only player of all six in the trade who has had their buy already. But, you know, it is notable that one, you were the person that ate that buy and then dealt him away. And two, not only are all three of the players that you're getting not have had their buy yet, but one of them, one of them being one of the two upgrades that you got in this trade, has their buy immediately in um, a pretty good matchup for you this week in terms of in terms of difficulty with my team. So yeah, it's uh, I don't want to say it's a risky deal, but it is not without its risk. 
in terms oh. of the immediate future. Oh, for sure. It is risky. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. It is, it's very risky at the same point, but at the same time, and I don't want to like blow my head up or anything like that. You know, I am seven and five and there's like a clear difference between the bottom three, which obviously nobody wants to be in, but I don't think my team's going to be in the bottom three or the bottom I, I four. I hope not. <laughs> and well, well, same here. So, you know, you want to be top six, Mike. This is only a 16 playoff. Correct. You're right. But I've, in my personal opinion, I've been making moves that have prevented me from at least being in the bottom six. Now I'm trying to climb my way back up into that top three to top four range. So, sure. Again, I'm but, not blowing my head up, but we'll we'll see. It's still, you know, we're halfway through the year. I don't want to put any jinxes on myself but if i beat you this week and i go two and oh and you go oh and two it's a hundred percent guarantee that i'll pass you in the standings and i'm currently in eighth place you're currently in fifth place well let's get to the let's get to the next deal because mike got some added safety with the deal he just uh, that we just talked about with this next deal yeah nick you gave up kareem hunt mike gave up tony pollard so nick has uh ezekiel elliott mike now has nick chubb so I don't know if you guys have ever heard this one on the podcast before, but I would classify this trade as a need for a need. You know, you guys swap in handcuffs here. Uh, yeah, there's really, think, there's really not much else to say. I don't think about. we need to say anything else. Yeah, yeah. that's all that was. So last trade of the yeah last trade of the week, which um, I don't know what it's gonna I don't know what it's gonna be, but I I believe that there's actually one more trade coming tomorrow morning. Uh, that I'm not involved with, but just based off of some questions that I've got, I've gotten in the past hour. We'll see what happens. Uh The last official trade of the week uh, was me giving up Jason Myers, the kicker for the Seahawks and JD McKissick pass catching running back for the commanders and Mike giving up Alec Pierce, who is the wide receiver two, wide receiver three kind of flip flopped in target share over the last few weeks. Uh, but for the Indianapolis Colts, Nick, what do you think about this one? Uh, I'm, I'm, I like Alec Pierce. I think he's carving out a role quietly as one of the better productive wide, uh, rookie wide receivers. And I believe he was a second round draft pick rookie wide receiver, just like guys like George Pickens and a few other uh, fairly big names in the fantasy world where he's just quietly under a radar producing, um, I'm not even sure what his, his average score is. I want to say it's probably somewhere like between. 10. Okay, it's 10. And I think that's going to keep climbing. Like, I think he's carving out his role and establishing himself as number two in that offense. Uh, and it's been proven for the past, I want to say, two or three weeks. He's been pretty steady. Um, just, you know, a guy you could trust to at least give you some points, 10 between, I'd say probably between 10 to 15 in your flex. So I like him. I, I'm not so interested and getting a kicker, and um, I'm not sure who else was in it. A kicker and who? JD McKissick. McKissick. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally out on pretty much every running back in Washington except for maybe Brian Robinson. So JD McKissick, I think you picked him up off of waivers. Yep, yep. Interestingly enough, not that this was a selling point because I didn't really sell Mike on the kicker piece, but I believe Jason Myers and Alec Pierce have scored almost the exact same amount of points over the past four games. So fun fact about that trade. 
But that is our trade segment this week. Uh, like I said, we might or Eddie might open next week's trade segment with a trade that is going to be happening potentially tomorrow morning. We're recording this on Tuesday night. So if a deal happens on Wednesday morning, you heard it here first, but we'll see what happens. Uh, our first main segment that we're going to be doing this week is a midseason draft redo of the first two rounds. So we're going to be drafting snake order. 24 total picks. Nick will have the first overall pick. Mike will have the second overall pick. I will be hitting the first turn, and then we'll be sending it back snake style. Uh, This is looking forward. So starting with week seven and for the rest of the 2022 fantasy football season, uh, who would you take in order? Top 24 players. Nick, kick us off. Number one is Josh Allen, for sure. He's the number one guy. That was number one on my board. I'll only call out players who get taken exactly the way that I have them at my ranking. Go ahead, Mike. You're number two. Uh, (laughs) This is not, you're not telling us we're on the second pick. In in the second pick, Jalen Hurts. He's the best quarterback on the best team. Well, he's actually not. The best quarterback on the best team, but he is very good. He's he's the quarterback for the team that's undefeated, and he's putting up rushing and passing numbers. That yeah, no, I of, like Jalen Hurts. I think he's number three fantasy quarterback so far, though. Okay, all right, yeah, I'm taking Hurts. That's who I had number two overall in my ranking. So number two, one, two, and three, and four. The first four picks are going to unfold the exact way that I have them ranked on my board because I get the next two. I am hitting the turn going wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm taking Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs at three and four. These guys have been dominant. They have been the uh, one of two of very few players that have been uh, like really high, consistently high cheat code scoring players outside of the elite quarterbacks. Uh, and I think that they provide a huge advantage. So I'm double tapping wide receiver and going Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs at three and four. Mike. Back to you. Sir, I'm going to take Mr. Saquon Barkley. He's finally back, and he's proving up the numbers. Uh, he's, he's rushing a lot. He's catching the ball. He's healthy. Knock on wood. So, yeah, I would take him there. Nick, you're up for the turn. Oh, this is easy. Six overall pick. Easy? Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to take Justin Jefferson right here. Wow, over Cooper Cup. Cooper, Cooper Cup was taken, taken third, oh, my guy. Listen. Sorry. Come on, buddy. Listen. Dustin oh, Jefferson goes six overall. And Nick, you're up again. Uh, this one's a little bit harder for me. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and pick CMC here. Okay. Christian McCaffrey, seventh overall. Once we get to... The first round, I will recap the first round, and then we'll head into the second round. But, Mike, you are up with the eighth overall pick of the first round. Mr. Model of Consistency, I'm taking Travis Kelsey. Wow. I mean, I don't hate that pick necessarily, but... He's just so consistent, man. He's, you know, we always, like, think, Oh, maybe he's gonna have a down year. Maybe he's gonna have a down year, and he doesn't. Man, he just put up a four touchdown performance. What two weeks ago? Yeah, without even breaking like I think thirty five or forty yards. 
I think he had 24 yards. He's just – he is a game changer outright. We are sitting here at pick number nine, and I still have a top five player left uh, per my board. So I'm going to make the easy choice for my personal ranking and take Pat Mahomes at number nine. That's who I was between between him and CMC. And I'm going to continue the wide receiver love again. There have been just a handful of players outside the quarterback position who have been absolute cheat codes for fantasy this year. Tyree Kill is my oh, pick for cool. 10th overall. Yeah, that's up there. Mike, He's on the pace to break, I think, 2,000 receiving yards right now. Yeah, a lot of people thought that maybe him and Waddle, one of them would suffer in Miami. It's looking like they're both studs so far. So. Tyreek Hill would be very comfortable with at t- number 10 overall. Mike, back to you for, for the 11th pick. You know, it's funny. This guy actually really dropped a lot, but at the same point, you love the upside and you you hope to see it. But at that point, I'm going to have to take Jonathan Taylor. I think the upside is still there. and Hopefully he's going to get healthy, but, you know, if he's going to fall that far, I think, take him at that point yeah i mean this could be an oversight on my part i it probably is i actually did not have him in my in my top 24 rankings that was probably an oversight on my part but that's a very good pick at 11 it's easy to say that because you know we haven't really seen the same guy you know but he was consensus like in a redraft one 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 he is hurt right now, and these are rankings for the rest of the season. So I guess it wouldn't be totally psychotic to leave him outside of the top 24, but I agree as probably an oversight on my part to not have him in my top 24. Nick, rounding out the first round, and then we'll recap. Who are you picking 12th overall? Uh, ironically, the next two on my board are two guys on my team. I'm going with Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. Well, we are just supposed to get one pick out of you, but that's okay. Uh, oh, we will well, stop. I, I got the next two picks, right? Yeah, but okay. we we're going to stop after the first round recap and then head into our second round. That's okay, though. I'll give you a pass because those were actually the next two guys on my draft rankings list in order. I had Lamar Jackson ninth, Derrick Henry 10th. But to give you the first round recap, the first 12 picks, we had first overall Josh Allen, second overall Jalen Hurts, third overall Cooper Cup, fourth Stephon Diggs. Fifth, Saquon Barkley. Sixth, Justin Jefferson. Seventh, Christian McCaffrey. Eighth, Travis Kelsey. Ninth, Patrick Mahomes. Tenth, Tyreek Hill. Eleventh, Jonathan Taylor. And twelfth, Lamar Jackson. Guys, anybody that you feel is a little bit out of place for where they were drafted in this first round, like I'll give you my only example. I had Saquon Barkley ranked 14th overall, but Mike took him fifth overall. So I would say that that was a big enough discrepancy for me to highlight it here. Anybody that you felt was out of place, Mike? Well, let me ask you, why do you think that's the reason? What is he, what, second or third or fourth running back ranking right now? I have Christian McCaffrey ahead of Saquon Barkley. Because I think that they're both labeled as injury-prone running backs, but have both defied that label this year by staying fully healthy. And I still, when they're fully healthy, am going to take CMC over Saquon Barkley. I kind of view them 
in tandem with one another, but I still prefer CMC over Saquon Barkley. So I was right there with you, Mike. I had Saquon number four on my draft board, and he is sitting as number two overall running back on the year thus far with Austin Eckler one, who hasn't been drafted yet in this first round, then Saquon, and then number three is another guy who hasn't been drafted yet, Nick Chubb. Your mic's covered up, Mike. Yeah, I can't hear you, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yep. The sample size between Saquon and McCaffrey, there's no comparison, in my opinion. I, I, I'm fully aware that CMC has been doing a lot better, especially his last game. I think he was, like, not vintage CMC, but he was definitely, you know, he had his catches. He had his he, – he was – it was almost like a typical CMC – day but at the same point Saquon is averaging you know I don't have the numbers in front of my face or anything but I, I I'm pretty sure he's averaging almost 65 70 yards okay well Saquon is averaging and just let you know that their only average point differential one point is only one point yeah Saquon is averaging 20.7 points per game Christian McCaffrey is averaging 19.7 Christian McCaffrey is number four running back on the season thus far. And that point differential can be attributed 100% to the fact that Saquon Barkley has one more touchdown on the year over six games. Touchdowns worth six points. He's averaged one more point per game. It's simply due to the fact that he has scored one more touchdown on the season than Christian McCaffrey. So they are neck and neck. CMC was eighth on my board. So I, I, Again, I, I, I really do like CMC. I guess I put Saquon ahead of him because of the fact that McCaffrey's probably going to get traded at some point. We don't know where yet. Saquon is going to be where he's at and doing the same numbers, regard, you know, hopefully bearing no injuries. So that's where I like, I'm more set in stone with Saquon. But that's... I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, it's fair. There's no there's no wrong answer here. I mean, they're both yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, did you have anybody that, that was a big discrepancy from your rankings to where they actually got drafted? Or somebody that was, like, pretty high in your rankings who hasn't gotten drafted yet? You know, I don't know if this was just me being way off on him because um, he's obviously produced really well. I had Tyreek Kelt number 20 on my draft board and I probably would move him up but not into the first round I think I was a little off with that ranking he, he I think um, if I were to re-rank him he'd be close to that that turn of the first and second round and then I also was a little bit lower on Jonathan Taylor I had him number 15 but not a huge discrepancy from the number 11 pick yeah I mean like I said I, I didn't include him at all so probably an oversight on my part and and not necessarily to justify the high ranking on Tyree Kill but to just contextualize He's the number seven overall player in fantasy this year. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, crushing it. He's he, yeah, he's he's pretty close to Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. Kind of weird. It looks like Tyreek Hill has more points scored on the season than Justin Jefferson, but he's ranked behind him. I don't know. Whatever. Moving into the second round, Nick already made the first pick of the second round with Derrick Henry. Like I said, he was the 10th overall player on my board, so I agreed with that pick. Mike, you're up for the second pick of the second round. I'm going to take Nick Chubb. I think he's the best pure rusher in the game. And he's proving it right now. I know he had a down week last week, 
against New England. But New England's defense is always going to be pretty solid no matter what. So I think Nick Chubb is it's my pick. Yeah, for sure. I will say, Mike, you were very adamant early in the season about, you know, are the top running backs worth early picks? And I, I think, was one of a, just a couple voices that I don't want to say strongly disagreed, but pre- presented the opposing viewpoint pretty strongly. And here you are taking running backs. And here I am about to double tap the next two picks, wide receiver, wide receiver again, and go Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams with the third and fourth pick of the second round. I was thinking about those two. I really was. They're, they're right. Those were my next two guys. Man, I'm shocked there's one guy on the board I can't believe hasn't been drafted yet. Mike, you're back up with the fifth pick of the second round. And I know who you're thinking, Nick, or at least I think I know. Oh, dude, it's thinking. an easy pick if he gets to me. Don't think about who Nick is thinking, Mike. Mike, just no, make the pick heart. that you want to pick. <laughs> I'm going to twist it again. I'm taking DeAndre Swift. Oh, my gosh. You guys. What? The guy. He's the, hurt. The guy, hold on. Hey, no, the pick is in. The pick is DeAndre in. I'm just, I'm just no, wondering. No, we were talking about. Even before this podcast, quick little bio. The guy was killing it. He, I, I'm pretty sure he has one of the best yards per carry of all running backs. Granted, he played two or three games. Certified by Mike being pretty sure. You <laughs> know what else? List, you know what else? I think that on Mike's rankings list, if a player is on Scott's fantasy roster, he instantly gets like a 1.2 multiplier. What? No. Well, hey, let's move on to the obvious pick that needs to happen. The number one overall running back, Nick is going to take. Eckler. That's right. Put some respect on his name. He just had 10 catches last night. Yeah, I didn't watch the game too closely last night. I might have bumped him up. I was kind of prepping this episode and prepping my rankings in particular while the game was on. He might have slid up a few spots for me if I'd been watching more closely, but... Yeah, Austin Eckler's a good pick. Nick, you're up for another one, though. Seventh pick of the second round. I know. There's somebody I really want to pick, but I think there's another guy that just presents too much value with his position, so I'm just going to roll with him. Even though I really want to pick another guy, maybe he'll get around back to me. Uh, I'll go ahead and select Mark Andrews here. That's a good pick. He has been a stud, I think, kind of nipping at the heels of Travis Kelsey. I I think it's going to be a back and forth between those two all year for number one tight end. Which is which is exciting. I think I have a share of each, so I don't mind that battle. Mike, you're back up with the eighth pick of the second round. Yeah. Um this might sound weird, but that's fine. Jamal Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Debo Samuel. Oh. Debo. He wasn't even on my board. Yeah, he was not on my board either. He's not a bad... I mean, he's the number 10 overall wide receiver in fantasy. So he's kind of... I would say he's held up his end of the bargain for the most part this year. And yet, I feel like his stock has fallen. Which is is kind of a weird thing. He's kind of held up what we expected, but it it doesn't feel like he's lived up to the hype even still. He hasn't had any winning weeks for you, being the sole reason why your team won, which I think people kind of expected to have these really big booming weeks. Sure. sure. 
At least I don't think he has. I haven't paid a whole lot of close attention to him. Who's up now? You, uh, you, Nate? I'm up with my last two picks, the ninth and 10th picks of the second round. And it's these guys were not back to back in my rankings, but they are the two highest guys left on my board. They're actually both players on my fantasy team. I'm going with Jalen Waddle and Joe Mixon. So I take my first running back of the draft, uh, but still just grabbing one more wide receiver on my way out. Those are two guys not on my board. Don't discriminate. Mixon has been Mixon has been similar to Debo. He has not had a fantasy winning week, but I think for the most part, uh, I was very high on him personally. You guys remember me calling him a top three running back in my personal rankings heading into the season. But I would say on ADP or on general fantasy consensus rankings, he's held up his end of the bargain. Jalen Waddle has far outperformed ADP. He is a top seven wide receiver on the year. I am very excited about. I think he's he's one of those guys that can have the exciting win you your week type of performance. Uh, but we're back to you, Mike, for the eleventh pick, your last pick of this midseason mock draft. So right now, normally I would have taken Justin Herbert at this moment, but I just want to troll you guys so bad, and I'm taking a Monroe St. Brown. So you're going to take two Lions players that have been hurt for multiple weeks. Have you looked? In the first two rounds. Correct. But at the same point, the fantasy numbers are there. Every, almost every Detroit player, regardless of like what, last week, they just continue to put up numbers. And a Monroe is going to get you at least five catches a game. And that's not including them. Like, receiving. I would hope a player in the first two rounds is going to get you five catches as a wide receiver. There's this. There's this stat. By the way, I don't. I I don't know how long this like dates back or anything, but there's this stat where, um, there's only been one rookie, and this was last year. So, take it for a grain of salt. But this was last year. There's only been one rookie that has had seven-plus games of five-plus catches. Amon Ross St. Brown is the only one, and he continues to do it this year. Granted, yes, he was out for one game. And then got hurt in the very next game and hasn't scored over 14 points since week two. I'm not, I, I mean, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he is, he is deserving of being in the conversation for an elite wide receiver, but there's also the caveat that I don't, we, I mean, we haven't seen a fully healthy lion squad yet. We haven't seen all of DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, Amonra St. Brown and Jamison Williams all on the field together at the same but time. You're, you're, you you're going to defer to the fact that Amonra St. Brown is the alpha. We don't know that yet. They spent very premium draft capital on Jamison Williams well, a top draft, 10 pick in the draft. The, well, the draft can always be boom or bust. You know, I'm not James, saying that Jamison Williams is going to be a stud. He could bust. I'm, I'm not saying that that's not outside of the range of outcomes. I'm just saying that you can't say with confidence that Amonra St. Brown is a second-round player 
when we do not have a single game of sample size of him being with all of his battery mates on the field at the same time. That's just my, that's just how I'm approaching sure, sure. the lions. But, I'm excited but, about all those guys, but I don't know how it's going to shake out when they're all playing together. The numbers are the numbers. That's all I'm going to say. I'll leave it at that. Nick round us out with the last pick of this two round mock draft, the 12th pick of the second round. I'm going to go ahead and pick a guy I'm very high on. A guy I've been trying to get in our other keeper league that we play in together, but I've been unsuccessful. A guy that multiple owners, at least three or four owners in this league, have been reaching out and trying to get him off me. And that is Brees Hall. I am very high on Brees Hall. I think he's turning into a superstar right before us. I mean, his carry count from the start of the season till now has gone six, seven, eight, 17, 18, 20. They are going Brees' way more and more. I am completely all in on Brees Hall. And he went from having a workload shared with Michael Carter and, uh, you know, giving Michael Carter most of the snap count at the beginning of the season to now he's the number six overall running back in just a few games as the lead guy. He is the man. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't hate the pick. Uh, I have five honorable mentions, just players that were in my top 24 that did not get drafted. In order, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Fat Lenny, Michael Pittman, and Mike Evans were the five guys I had in my top 24 that did not get drafted. Any any guys on your list that, that did not get drafted, if you guys had lists? Yeah, one, one big one, which I'm totally back in. Maybe people aren't because it's only been a few games. I'm totally back in on Alvin Kamara. He was up on my board as a top 24 pick, and he wasn't selected. That's a good one. Mike, I'd say, anybody? I'd, I'd say Josh Jacobs, even though I traded him, but he's he's been proving the point. He's been doing very well. I, I still would not spend a top two-round pick on him. Because, you know, in an actual draft, each of us only gets two of these. We don't get right whatever right. we got with okay. eight we don't get eight each <laughs> i'm I mean, definitely i'm but, definitely not making josh jacobs one of the first two players i take in an actual draft well where i'm getting at like i i mentioned uh justin Herbert. you can mention joe burrow yes i mean they're they're definitely up there so but just somebody to highlight i guess is mm-hmm. josh jacobs my my personal opinion so i'll very quickly read the the uh the 24 picks that we made in order uh one, Josh Allen, two, Jalen Hurts, three, Cooper Cup, four, Stephon Diggs, five, Saquon Barkley, six, Justin Jefferson, seven, Christian McCaffrey, eight, Travis Kelsey, nine, Patrick Mahomes, 10, Tyreek Hill, 11, Jonathan Taylor, 12, Lamar Jackson. In the second round, we had one, Derrick Henry, two, Nick Chubb, three, Jamar Chase, four, Devontae Adams, five, DeAndre Swift. Six, Austin Eckler. Seven, Mark Andrews. Eight, Debo Samuel. Nine, Jalen Waddell. Ten, Joe Mixon. Eleven, Amon Ross St. Brown. And twelve, Brees Hall. You guys, uh, if any of you guys had people that you were thinking would be taken in this draft and weren't, let us know that we didn't already mention. If there was somebody taken really high that you disagree with, feel free to let us know as well. Uh, but we're going to move on to Hold our... On. Real quick. Up? What's up? There's one name that was definitely the biggest faller in the first two rounds, literally in the, probably the first five picks. Anybody guessing what I'm thinking? Who well, wasn't Jonathan. drafted? 
You're talking about Fowler that still was drafted because it's Jonathan Taylor going from one to you one. Well, are you saying somebody that was or was not drafted in the segment? They were, dra- they were drafted in the top probably five or eight picks. In this segment, were they drafted? No. And our okay, Najee draft. Harris. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Biggest Fowler. Wow. It's, I, it's, I've told Nate, he was he was drafted number three overall in this league. Yeah, I told Nate before the season. I think he was. I thought he was going to be a bust. And I love. I, mean, I wish he wouldn't be because I love the Steelers. Right, right. Yeah, it's insane. All right, our next main segment this week is going to be a focus on three specific teams. Uh, the segment is called. Trade secrets, how to get rich in three easy steps. Now, take that with a grain of salt because like, I'm currently not in the playoffs, so take my advice in particular with a grain of salt, but you will at least get to hear from two of our current six playoff teams. And we're going to go in order with our bottom three uh, in the standings teams right now. So that is in 10th place, JC, in 11th place, Damon, and in 12th place, Eddie. Since I am in uh, the lowest position in the standings of the three of us recording here, I will take the highest uh, place winner of those bottom three in JC. Uh, Nick is going to actually take Damon because I goofed on the standings. And Mike is going to take Eddie, even though I intended Nick to get the lowest seed. You know, we're going to work through it here. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to kick off with JC's team. I'm going to give you guys three trades that I think that JC should make to help propel his team up the standings, or even in, I think, the the theme of this segment might even just be to keep themselves alive, to keep their season alive, because these guys are in bad shape right now through six weeks. Damon has a 3-9 and record. JC has a 3-9 and record. Eddie has a 2-10 and record. So it's kind of fighting for survival at this point, but also with an eye at shifting their way up the standings here. So... First trade that I have for JC, the Minnesota Vikings are on by this week. So I have JC sending Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison to Scott or Travis Etienne and James Robinson. So essentially, this is a survival trade here. I think that despite Travis Etienne being an exciting name still in fantasy and James Robinson having some early season success, I think the general consensus is that people still rank Dalvin Cook ahead of the Jacksonville backfield. So I think that there would be some appeal for Scott here, and there would definitely be some appeal for JC because I believe the Jaguars aren't on by until week 10 or 11. So that's a problem that he can essentially kick the can down the road and still get pretty good production out of the running back position. So that's my first trade for him. Second trade that I have for JC would be sending Cortland Sutton and TJ Hawkinson to Nick and getting Michael Pittman and Gerald Everett. This one is looking a little bit further ahead, but JC has two wide receivers on by for week nine. I believe it's CeeDee Lamb and Cortland Sutton. Uh, Now, mind you, TJ Hawkinson has already had his bye. It was last week. And Gerald Everett, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Chargers are on by this upcoming week. Yeah, as in next week, week eight. Week eight, okay. So, So coming up. But the idea here would be to spread your buys out. So instead of JC being down two of his biggest contributors, both in the same week, he's essentially uh, shifting that to now he has Gerald Everett on bye week eight and CeeDee Lamb on bye week nine, rather than both Sutton and Lamb on bye week nine. 
That and Gerald Everett is obviously a smaller contributor than Cortland Sutton. So he's taking the tight end downgrade here. I would argue that he is getting a decent upgrade at wide receiver. I do like Michael Pittman a lot this year. And most importantly, he's kind of uh, not just shifting his buys around to take a little bit less of a hit across multiple weeks. But again, you're the the buy hit that you're taking over the next couple of weeks is being shifted from Cortland Sutton, who is a big time contributor to Gerald Everett, who is competent, but I wouldn't say one of the best players on anybody's team. Third trade I have for JC. This is really the big swing uh, that I have penciled in for JC. I, I'm not so sure that this one would get accepted. I'm not sure that any of these would get accepted, but I think that this one was the one I was most unsure about for the other party. But this is with an eye toward climbing up the standings, making JC's team better as a whole after the survival mode trades happen. And that would be sending Daniel Jones, Chris Godwin, and Deontay Johnson to Kyron for Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. So he would be sending off Daniel Jones, who's a competent QB2 this year. He's been, you know, good, not great. Chris Godwin and Deontay Johnson, who are also good, not great fantasy wide receivers. So essentially sending three good pieces that would slot into a lineup every week to get one superstar player and one player that on most teams would be a bench piece that would fill in for bye weeks. And JC, of course, with this trade would then have to play the waiver wire or his second quarterback. So that leaves a final product. Bear with me here. JC's starting lineup without buys would be Jared Goff at QB1. He'd be streaming off waivers for QB2 unless he figured something else out. His running backs would be David Montgomery and Travis Etienne. Wide receivers would be Stephon Diggs and Michael Pittman. Tight end Gerald Everett. Flex one would be CeeDee Lamb. Flex two could be a stream between Adam Thielen and James Robinson. And then no change in special teams. He'd have the Jaguars and Justin Tucker. So by week effect, over the next three matchups, he'd be taking on three bye weeks and Gerald Everett, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs, but he'd be subtracting four, getting rid of Dalvin Cook, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, and Daniel Jones. Technically five if you add in Alexander Madison, but his net there is he's offloading one bye week over the next three matchups, and I think improving his team overall. So there you go. There's my how to get rich in three easy steps for JC. First, before I move on to you, Nick. Any thoughts on any of the particular trades or the general direction that I took with JC's team here? Uh, I thought you did well, at least the, like uh, the first one, I think that would get accepted. The second one would be more up in the air. I mean, since I'm here, I would say I probably wouldn't do that just because I'm pretty high on Pittman. And I think we saw Sutton's floor last night, which I just don't like that. And even missing a game, Pittman's already ahead in the standings as far as production over Sutton, who's played every game. And I think TJ Hawkinson just did a magic trick for everybody with his 36 points that he put up on me, ironically, that one week. Other than that, he's just been very mediocre, kind of very comparable with Gerald, Gerald Everett. Um, I'm only giving my breakdown of that one since that involved me. But I thought that was realistic enough to where that could happen. The first one would happen. The second one's realistic. The third one, I think, is kind of shoot your shot. Um, so I thought those were kind of good levels of throwing some trades out there. A small one that could happen right away another one that could possibly happen and then a big one. Yep. That's kind of the general direction that I took. Nick, you're up next with Damon. So curious to hear what your, what your three steps, your three trades would be for Damon's team. Sure. Uh, yeah. Same, 
same kind of philosophy. I'm not sure if any of these will get accepted, especially with some of the trade partners, uh, you know, being a little bit harder to work with negotiation with not many trades happening on their end. I did trade one for Damon to go with Kyron. Uh, Damon sending David Montgomery and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who uh, has been pretty disappointing lately. But sending those two and receiving uh, Leonard Fournette, just because Kyron really only has – he really only has Leonard Fournette at running back uh, and not many other running backs that he can rely on. Not that Clyde you can rely on, but at least he's getting further depth at running back. So I thought that could be realistic. Sorry, take a step back. You said sending David Montgomery – yeah, does he not have David Montgomery? JC has David Montgomery. No way. How the hell did that? No, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> he does. His running backs are Najee, Ramondre Stevenson. Hey, right there. Send Kenny. Najee and Clyde for okay. Leonard. Boom. Replace uh, Montgomery with Najee. Okay. So uh, Najee and Clyde for Leonard Fournette. Yep. Okay. Trade two, send Dak Prescott, who I believe has a good chance of coming back this week. Who, wait, who's Damon's other running back? Because I included Najee in this second trade. Kenny Walker, uh, who's been pretty good. Yeah, been he has good. been pretty good. Um, sure, just... Uh, Not as good put, as Leonard Fournette, though. Yeah, put Kenny Walker, Walker here. Okay. So Dak, Kenny Walker, Brandon Cooks to Kevin and receive Aaron Rodgers and Amon Ross St. Brown. Kevin's in need of running fair. back help for sure. And he's getting an upgrade there at quarterback with Dak coming back. Aaron Rodgers has been very mediocre lately, plus getting Brandon Cooks. Um, anyway, so yeah, that second trade, Dak Prescott, Najee Harris, or not, not Najee, Kenny Walker, Brandon Cooks to Kevin for Aaron Rodgers and Monroe St. Brown. And then the very last one, I did a two for one, sending Rashad Bateman and DJ Moore to Jake, receiving Alan Lazard. I think Alan Lazard, you can slot into your lineup with more confidence than those other two Bateman's boomer bust. And lately he's also been hurt. Uh, DJ Moore is intriguing. I think intriguing enough name to put out there uh, to see who's interested because there's talk of him being traded, talk of him even being traded to Kansas city, which personally I would love to see. Cause I, I believe in the talent of DJ Moore. I just don't believe in his situation. I think he's a very talented player. He just needs a different situation. And right now he's in trade talks in the NFL, possibly being moved. Um, but going back to Damon's team, I uh, have the final product after those three trades. Uh, Damon's quarterbacks as Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers and his running backs, Leonard Fournette, Ramondre Stevenson, wide receivers, Amonra St. Brown and Alan Lazard. Uh, tight end, George Kittle, and then flex plays. I kind of got messed up with uh, changing up uh, a few of those trades. So I, I honestly don't even know what I had as flex at the end point, the end game. I'll tell you the remaining players on his team that wouldn't be traded would be Elijah Moore, <laughs> Kadarius <laughs> Tony, Russell Gage. He'd be pretty, he'd be really, he'd be SOL. <laughs> he'd be really thin, really thin at flex. Well, you'd have to change those trades up a little bit then. I messed up thinking, I don't know why I have Montgomery in there. So but I mean, I, I think that improves of, the core of his team for sure. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, that would be that would be a lot of offloading of his running back room. But I would say that Ramondre Stevenson is his only current stud in the running back. I, actually, I do like Kenny Walker a lot, too. Yeah, maybe or, try to move Ramondre instead of Kenny since Kenny's 
role looks more long-term than possibly a Ramondre with maybe Harris coming back, but Kenny Walker is kind of the guy in Seattle. But you're I did shaking- a terrible, terrible job for Damon there. <laughs> <laughs> you're shaking up the wide receiver room, which is definitely Damon's biggest weakness. I mean, his best wide receiver is Brandon Cooks. Yeah, that's what that's, I was trying to do. That's the Trying to get a big hitter right for him at wide receiver, which I don't foresee Kevin. I think he loves Amon Ross. So I don't. I don't think he's going to move any of his wide receivers. Yeah, Mike. Any thoughts on uh, on Nick's direction with Damon's team here, or any of the trades that that he proposed? No, not really. I mean, it it all more just makes sense. In my okay. opinion. The uh, the earlier talk of the podcast with with this week's trade blunder, Eddie, Mike, what do you got cooking up? Turn Eddie's season around with his back up against the ropes in last place with that two and ten record. What you got for Eddie? See, I was trying to think of like three trades, but it seemed really, really difficult. Um, because <laughs> it seems in a really tough spot at the moment. And Eddie, you're great. You know, don't don't be upset about this. Um, but the first trade I was thinking about. And of course, it's, in, it's involving me. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> you better not. I, I hope you didn't pitch this from your perspective. I hope you at least pitched it from Eddie's perspective. I did. I did. Uh, Darren Waller and Darnell Mooney for Pat Fryermuth and Chris Olave. I think that's the first one. And my personal, yes, don't get me wrong. Prior move has been hurt for the week, and so is Lave for the week. But if he's planning on keeping James Winston, I think Lave is clear cut number one wide receiver, in my personal opinion. Michael Thomas, he just has so many question marks. You know, I actually got a trade offer from somebody. I'm going to let you guys figure out who's got Michael Thomas. Um, Jake. Correct. Correct. But I'm I'm so turned off from Michael Thomas. Like I don't I think a lot of these right now the clear cut. Can I pause for a second? You know, sometimes I hear people say that they get trade offers from like there's there's teams that I know don't send me trade offers very often, like very well known, Nick mm-hmm. being one of those. But then there are then there are teams that don't send me trade offers very often, but I kind of just chalk it up to like, oh, they must just not send out trade offers very often. And then I hear you say something like, Jake made me a trade offer. And I'm like, Jake, what the hell? Why don't you ever send me any trade offers? It's because I'm active. Am it's, I not? You are. Yeah, of course. They just made are. like three or four trades last week. Of course, Nate, you are active. I mean, I think... I think I have this just reputation that I will accept whatever trade goes my way, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the case this year. Hey, I hold on. Tried. I'm going to send over Corey Davis for Keenan Allen to you. Bet. Bet. I like All you. right. C- continue. Continue. First trade was Darren Waller and, and Darnell Mooney for Chris Olave. Friar Muth and Friar Olave. Muth. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think for Eddie, it's just more stability. I think Darren Waller is, especially with uh, Hunter Renfro coming back, he honestly, in terms of like target share, might be the third guy. 
And I think Fryermuth, and you can you can argue the same thing with Fryermuth, but we keep talking about rookie quarterbacks with young tight ends or just tight ends in general, just safe, dump it off. And Let's get to the second <laughs> trade. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the second trade is... Eddie. Also with Mike's team. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Second trade. Jeez Louise. Eddie's sending Tom Brady to the, the Sean guy, to the Sean guy for Zach Wilson because Eddie just traded for Corey Davis. So why not uh, get his quarterback? I th- listen. That's, I that's not actually your second trade, is it? Yeah, actually it is. Tom Brady, man, like I – with everything that's going on with him, man, I am turned off from Tom Brady. I'm serious. Like I I'm, – I'm not going to shut the idea down. I, I'm not saying it's a great idea, but – Zach Wilson is available in the Keeper League, Mike. <laughs> Zach Wilson, yes, he had a bad game. Okay. But this is me, Eddie, like I said. I love you, but I'm trolling you. Honestly, not very well. I don't really know what to do with Eddie's team. Okay, so that's your second trade. Did you have a third? No. His third move is lock Eddie's team. It's getting close to that. That that's where I'm getting at. Like I I wish I could tell him what to say, but I really don't. He could have used Keenan Allen so much better with Allen possibly coming back this week to make a move to help his team. Give me a rough team to try to get rid of. I'll give, I'll give you credit in your first trade, Mike. I think it's a fair trade, and no, Eddie I'm instantly serious, gets no. the best wide receiver that would be on his team because right now it's Corey Davis. Listen, listen the only way that you – and I'll, okay, I'll say this. Your third trade is moving Jonathan Taylor, but the only way you do that is selling him low. Yeah, because – he can't afford to wait for everyone to see that Jonathan Taylor is back because he needs a win right now, and no one's going to pay premium JT price for him. That's where I'm getting at. Like, I wish I could give you a third trade. Like I, I said, I'm not – hold on real quick. I am not discrediting Eddie by any means. We all have shit seasons. I've had mine. You know, Nate, you're, you're trying to flip it. But it's tough. Like, it, it's it's – that third trade, I kept thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Yeah, you can move JT for this, JT for that. But nobody's going to buy him high. He should probably sell JT for like a low-end RB2 and a high-end like wide receiver three just to give his team more value across the board, something like that. I'll tell you this from personal experience. Pride and being at the bottom of the standings are two things that do not mix well with one another. So I think it's going to take some swallowing of the pride. And just like you said, Mike, selling low on JT for Eddie to turn his season around. If he has any hope, I think he's got to, I think he's got to do it. And that's not something that somebody does without swallowing their pride. I, ha- I mean, I had to do it. I didn't want to change my team up after I was three and seven. That's just the, w- the only way he can. And I wish I could like, Give a third trade out, but I. All right, we got it. 
So he's he's essentially just making one trade. He's going to send Darren Waller and Darnell Mooney to you for Chris Olave and Fryermuth. If that was your way of informally making an offer, well done. <laughs> we don't really have a final product because it was really just one trade that Mike, <laughs> that Mike prepared for the segment. No, no, I'm telling you, I don't. I, I think you Zach would Wilson, actually trade Tom Brady for Zach Wilson. Why wouldn't you right now? What has Tom Brady done? He's in the middle of the quarterback room. To each their own. To each their own. Matchup predictions, fellas. That's how we're going to round out this episode. Uh, first matchup of the week, we have Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair Drip. Mike, who are you taking in this matchup? I'm going to take uh, Nick here. I'm taking Nick as well. Nick, who are you picking between your team and Jake's? Sorry, Jake. I'm picking my team. Not sorry. Reese's. Second matchup of the week. The Voice of the Voiceless versus the Great Kali. Sean C versus Kyron. Fellas, I'm taking... This is a, this one was tough to choose between, actually. This is one of my toughest picks of the week, but I'm choosing Sean, Voice of the Voiceless. Nick, who are you going with in this matchup? Yeah, this one was tough because I started looking at Sean's team like, okay, he's going to be out, be without Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Matt, Stafford, Matt Stafford, Tyler Higbee, Devin uh, Singletary. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely picking Kyron. And then I look and at Kyron's team. team. He's going to be without Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Dallas Goddard, yeah. and Adam Thielen. So I was like, yep, definitely taking Sean here. So I'm going with the voice of the voiceless. Mike, who are you picking in this second matchup? Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same agreement, I think. Losing Jalen Hurts hurts, you know. Pun intended. Um, pun intended, right. But not having Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs, especially uh, what Diggs is wide receiver one and JJ's what? Wide receiver four. four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hurts. That hurts a lot. So That's I'm sure Tyron's entire team basically outside of Leonard Fournette. Yep. And you gotta hope and pray that James Conner comes back to play. But even then, I don't he's been he's been bad. Very yeah. mediocre this year. Sean's gonna get a quarterback that he wants. I think Scott's got a quarterback. Well, he's got Scott's got two quarterbacks on by. So where does Scott Sean, factor into this matchup? <laughs> well, I'm talking it doesn't, but I'm I, well it it doesn't, it doesn't because Scott's got two quarterbacks on by, and I think the last I saw. He was first in the labor order, so he's going to get his guy. You did mention Tyler Heineke, so never mind. I'll give I'll give you a feather from my hat. Potential trade is actually going to be potentially between those two teams. We'll see. Interesting. Cool. Sean and Scott. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they pull trig. I don't actually know what it entails. I just know based on the questions that I got that that's that's what's that's the possibility on the table between those two parties. So you're picking, we're all picking Sean C for the second matchup. Third yeah. matchup of the week, the excellence of execution versus Razor Ramon, Sean B versus Kevin. Mike, who are you going with in this third matchup? This is another uh, pretty good one, my personal opinion, to, as far as difficulty to pick between. I think that Kevin's going to win this one, man. Let me uh, pull it up real quick. I know I'm on pause. I'm with, I'm with you, Mike. I'm picking Kevin to win this match as well. And I, I feel like I kind of feel bad because I think that Sean B has gotten a continual flow of disrespect 
if you're just purely looking at the matchup prediction segment of the podcast this year. But I think that Kevin is one of those teams that should be higher in the standings when you look at the talent of his roster well, on you, paper. You, you look at it as Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and Amon Ra is going to come back. He's got mm-hmm. Kyler Murray and Rodgers. I mean, I know Rodgers. That quarterback been, room has been underwhelming this year, but still very high potential. Still wide receivers. I, I, I just think the, the roster is way more dominant. So I'm picking I, Kevin. Nick, I don't want to steal your thunder, but Sean Sean's missing a huge piece of his team this week, and maybe that'll fuel your decision. I'll let you speak to it. Nope, that's exactly the big key piece why I'm not picking Sean. He does not have Cooper Cup. He'll still have Travis Kelsey, oh. but without Cooper Cup, I don't really peg him to win much of any matchup. So I am going with – see if I can get it. I'm going to go with Razor Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> Ramon. Yep. All right, so we've been three for three in terms of picking the same outcome for their first three matchups. Fourth matchup of the week. I doubt this one is going to buck the trend. We got the Ultimate Warrior versus The Undertaker, Scott versus Eddie. No surprise here. I'm taking Eddie. No, I'm kidding. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking Scott. <laughs> Mike, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking Scott. I Nick? think. I oh, think, sorry. On, sorry. Quick. I didn't know if there was much sorry. to add. Come on. Scott's <laughs> team came up. He got to talk about it. I am picking Scott, but hopefully Heineke is Taylor Heineke because he's got both quarterbacks on a bye. It, this, I will say, I know we have not been talking about like upsets or anything. But when you this, say he's got both quarterbacks on a bye, you mean he's got Josh Allen on a bye and Carson Wentz hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. My fault. But I will say this. I just didn't quick. want to confuse anybody. I was no, kind of trying to track that. Sorry, I was looking at the roster, but I will say this could be a big upset for uh, for Eddie. He you could think Corey it. Davis is going to go off? <laughs> we'll see. I'll just say that it could be an upset. That's all. Nick, nope, are you picking the upset? Be an upset? It's not going to be an upset. The Ultimate Warrior is going to prevail and win. All right. Fifth matchup of the week. This is a good one, but in an ugly way. Uh, Batista Khan versus Naked Wrestling, Damon versus JC. Damon is sitting right behind JC in the standings, but I actually have him coming out on top in this matchup. JC's missing Dalvin Cook this week, which uh, he's not a superstar, but he is still a big time contributor to JC's team. And I think that that gives Damon just enough edge to win this week. Who are you picking, Nick? I'm also picking Damon Batista Khan to come out on top of this matchup here. Mike? Yeah, I agree. I think with the potential return of uh, Dak Prescott, Kenneth Walker, he's been, you know, he's clear cut uh, number one running back for Seattle. Clyde Edwards, you know, I think with the whole Chiefs matchup, it's going to be a hard nose game. So, yeah, I got to go with uh, Damon on this one. All right, we are we have all made the exact same picks coming into this last matchup. So I guess that would be 15 for 15 so far. This last matchup is between two of the three of us here on the podcast. It, we have it doesn't matter versus the Texas Rattlesnake, one of the greatest wrestling rivalries of all time, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mike versus me. 
Mike, why don't you and I lead off with our picks and we'll let Nick break the presumable tie. I'm taking my team in this matchup, evening the score with our records, but passing you in the standings. Presumably you're taking your team. Can I ask you something real quick? Sure. What are you smelling right now? You asking me? No, I'm asking Nate. <laughs> Nate. I don't I don't smell anything. <laughs> You're not sniffing anything? You don't smell anything? No. Well, let me put this in the phrase. Ready? Can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> me mother oh sorry <laughs> no, you better chill pick- out your mom's gonna come in and yell at you i'm picking me all right nick break the tie who are you picking in, in the heated wrestling rivalry man i'm really torn it's a close matchup it is this is a tough one i wish we had the soundboard for this matchup oh that'd be fun holy cow I'm going because I, I picked somebody and then I pulled up the lineup to just take a gander how this how I believe this is going to play out. And this is going to be extremely close, I think, or at least extremely interesting. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give Mike the nod of confidence and go with Mike here. Oh. And that's a pivot from my original pick. This is going to be really interesting. I, I can flip a coin. I could flip a coin on this matchup. That's how. That's how much up in the air I think it is. It is. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really good one. It's close. I, I think. Uh, I mean, this is such an easy thing to say, and it likely won't actually play out like this. But just based on expectations, the way it looks right now is that it's just going to come down to whose flexes play better. But rarely does it actually ever work out that way. But no. that's just what it looks like on paper, is it would it would play out in, in whoever's favor has a good day from their flex team flex players. It's just gonna come down to what superstar actually performs, in my opinion. I hope yeah. Waddle catches three touchdown passes against the Steelers on prime time. Hopefully two uh, stays healthy. Miami yeah, has not like gotten you their have now. starting quarterbacks through a game in the last month. This is we'll this is really interesting stuff. It would definitely come down. To You're the welcome water. to change your pick, Nick. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just gonna let it go. Let it ride. All right, Broncos country. Let's ride. All right, fellas. That 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 wraps us up. We're not doing any extra fancy stuff this week. Hopefully everybody enjoyed some of the uh, change of pace segments. Anything to add? I don't, I don't know who's, you know, which of you, if either of you are coming back on rest of the season, but anything to add um, before we sign off? It's a fun season so far. I'm glad that uh, Sean B, I don't know your last name, but. Oh, right. Oh, right. You've been a good asset to the team, and you're fun. Uh, Deletes too many messages, though. (laughs) (laughs) Just send it. Full send. Don't worry about it. We'll judge you for a little bit, but 
you're a good you're definitely a good member for the league. Nick, any thoughts before we jump off? Nope, I'll just like Mike give a little shout out to the new guy, Sean B. He's been fun to have uh in the league, active in the chat, active with the trades, um, doing well with his team. So he's been a fun addition to the league. Well, Sean, I'll bring you back down to earth since these guys want to prop you up a little bit. Listen, I know that you are sitting in second place right now with that shiny nine and three record. Listen, I give you props for the early season performance, but just know that come the stretch, come playoff time, that's when it gets serious. That's when the playoff teams, the teams that have earned their way there, put their best foot forward. They're presumably going to have their best lineup of the season, hopefully no major injuries. And I think that you're going to fizzle out early in the playoffs this year. I think you're going to get a true taste in your first year and in, in what's potentially the most competitive fantasy football league that you've ever played. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. So we'll I catch say, you guys. Hold on. You did a wrestling thing. I'm going to say real quick. You kind of ruined the wrestling thing, but go ahead. Sean B. Your record is what it is, but guess what? It doesn't matter. We're coming for you, but you're a good dude. See you soon. All right. We'll catch you guys uh, next week. I think Eddie's going to be back. So thanks for listening. Yeah.